Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we continue our work into the weird AI-generated world of, well, it's certainly not Earth anymore, but it was at one point. Again, a huge thank you to Alex, our newest patron. Well, not our newest, but certainly one of the newer patrons to suggest a prompt. Uh, We love building your world. And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord and chat with us about whatever, you can go ahead and follow a link in the description of the episode. And if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want access to some sweet patron only goodies, you can go to our Patreon and give us money. Uh, Again, a huge thank you to everyone listening. And let's get on with the episode. Last we left off, we had an AI generated world and our twist was to add in some undead. So Courtney, how did you reconcile our twist? Yeah, so Daniel, last time, one of your tenets was that there's essentially a Git repository for previous states of the world, and I imagine that this could extend to the life on it. Uh, So I had in mind that this is discovered by humans at some point, let's say like the alien AI resets or reloads an area where people had died, and survivors nearby are like, wait, oh shit, they were definitely just dead, and now they're back, Um, but maybe changed in some way. And then this creates a tension of like living people wanting to figure out ways to resurrect their loved ones for better or for worse and opens the door for like necromancy magic too. Let's be real as well here. Um, I feel like if this were, cause we, we, we've often been kind of viewing these settings as like prestige television, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm imagining if this happened in like a season finale where a bunch of people died, and then immediately came back. Mm-hmm. I would be kind of pissed off about that. Like I'd be kind of pissed. <laughs> it's like you just like yanked my emotional cord so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's like no stakes anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually like the fact that what we're doing here is we're making some kind of change or there's something off about those people. So let's let's uh let's talk about that more, I think. Let's add in some necromancy. <laughs> I didn't realize that we could um, bring back people as well as the rest of the environment. So that adds a wrinkle to things. Well, yeah, I I just figured like if there's a record of literally everything, then Mm -hmm. why not the people too? Yeah, like why would flesh and blood be any different than the rest of the environment that they're shaping? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. That raises questions about their um, mentality and potentially their souls. Oh, boy. Yeah, and if they've been like just chilling in some sort of AI repository for a little while? Like, what does that do to them mm-hmm. mentally? Do they come back? If, if let's assume that souls exist for a moment, um, if they do, does the repository capture that? Mm. Or are they just like shells? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're, if we're looking at this from a mechanical standpoint, you're essentially reconstituting like meat, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that the most difficult part that we'd have to have a talk about here is like the brain, obviously, because in my very atheistic view, the brain is the soul, like our collective consciousness, our collective experiences are the soul. 
So like in what way is the brain or the meat of our body being kept? I suppose is the question that we have to answer here. Hmm. A weird one. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to ask ourselves, like, is this a materialist setting? Like, so meaning there are no souls, there are no supernatural things like outside the material world, or is this a setting where that is possible? So like the Christian view of the world is idealistic with a capital I, so it's not materialistic. So that means there's souls, uh, mm-hmm. but like the traditional science view of the world is there's no souls. Everything's material. Everything's in the universe. Like, like you're saying with the brain. Mm-hmm. You know what? I feel like we've been playing real fast and loose when it comes to like religion and magic and souls lately. So for once, I'm going to try and advocate for a materialistic point of view here. Mm. Ooh, I know, right? Weird. I know. Coming from me. (laughs) What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Courtney? That's a lot of blood. (laughs) Blood is always good. Um, um, No, I, I like that idea. And yeah, I do wonder like how that would affect people who are brought back because like Mm. basically every experience that you have, everything you encounter as a person, like your brain changes slightly in some way to, to sort of remember those things and adapt to them. So technically if it is a copy of everything, then the people should still be themselves should, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if like, if something in the AI process like harvests data from their mind when they die. Courtney, I'm so glad you gave me a segue into my (laughs) reconciliation with the undead Mm -hmm. Um, because I was considering like undead. I was considering the kind of internet possession that we have and I just spoiled it. Yeah. I want um, (laughs) possession to play a major theme with how our world or or how the technology can interacts because we were also talking about last episode this idea that like you are basically picking up implants or, or bits mm-hmm. of technology and like implanting them into your body and they might have had older users and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was considering that, you know, there is a possession, like a literal ghost in the machine type situation where the leftover consciousness might leak into or attempt to leak into or attempt to fully possess the person who is, you know, putting this upgrade into their system Uh, I think that now with this new kind of materialist viewpoint, we can say that like there are there are either partial or complete scans of the brain and consciousnesses that get saved into these upgraded like magic bits that we have, which means that you could have like the brain and the consciousness and like the quote unquote soul of someone else. And then watch mm-hmm. as your body is like walking around with somebody else in it because like that they haven't come together yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like elements of Westworld and also altered carbon with the sleeves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. So then we're saying that the physical body though, um, whatever constitutes a mind with the brain, like it doesn't require the physical body to have its identity redefined. That's that's kind of my inkling, because I think that the questions that we can ask or like you can have a whole ass detective story about like, where is my body? And, you know, like, uh-huh. why am I in this other body and like trying to find your way back to it? You mm-hmm. know, that, you know, it, after a resurrection or something like that, that might be really fun. 
it would be neat too if perhaps um this is something the aliens understand fundamentally and they don't have bodies like maybe they mm-hmm. operate without them mm-hmm. like they know yeah. that it's optional yeah. but this is what this implies from our setting is that like even though we we receive input from the world um through our bodies our bodies aren't a necessary component to that like the seat of consciousness is all in the brain and it just kind of gets a bonus from the body i guess (laughs) (laughs) actually you saying like bodies as a bonus um because last time i had talked about like stat tracking and like Mm -hmm. that sort of thing with people like are there people who are gonna want to purposefully like quote-unquote upgrade to better bodies over time which is kind of (laughs) gross i mean i would do it (laughs) <laughs> that is not surprising like, no not at all not like, if, not I found out, if we found out that our science determined that our bodies really aren't necessary well fuck that <laughs> get rid of our <laughs> shitty bodies <laughs> daniel you're literally the first person to turn yourself into a lich if magic existed oh, yeah. absolutely <laughs> you kidding oh me oh my god yeah the spells at my disposal and i won't be stupid i'm gonna get rid of that phylactery nobody's gonna find that <laughs> That's what literally every lich says, Daniel. You are the hubris of your undead. Oh my god, Daniel, you're out of control already. Voldemort had a good idea, but you know, splitting it into eight. Yeah, 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 that was a pretty solid idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, yeah, I mean, I know that you know, rolling one is a transphobe, so fuck her, Uh, and two, like, stole the idea of the phylactery. But that's a really good idea. I'm not going to give credit where it's due, right? Also creating isn't like Harry Potter himself a phylactery in some way? I don't yes. know. I don't, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, living phylactery is all well the, there's technically two because Nagini is also a living oh, yeah, phylactery as well. That. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite brilliant. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's cool. I mean yeah. the, the idea that you can like instill like part of your essence into another living thing is pretty wild. So So everyone be aware that when Daniel becomes a lich, he's definitely he's going to co- use yeah. living phylacteries. Oh yeah. Actually, and like, Rob bunch. and I are probably like I was gonna say we're him. first we're, on the block. Like, fine. Let's yep. be real. Yeah. So if you want to kill me, you're gonna have to kill everyone else. <laughs> Wait a minute. How is that not like already a brilliant like Con- like that's a that brilliant a concept idea. to fuck around with like <laughs> it's like the a doctor doom of a nation but like mm-hmm. they're like as long as a living citizen exists in their country then they can't yep. die technically yeah can we do like, something with that in the setting i mean like, yes that's super cool <laughs> i mean look i got to evoke dr doom who's my favorite super villain of all time <laughs> so fuck yeah we can do that mm-hmm. well so if we're gonna play with that i guess the one point to situate it is what what do the aliens actually want like i know they're testing on our planet um mm-hmm. what are they trying to accomplish through these tests <laughs> does uh, do we need to have an answer to that i wonder if knowing that to some degree might help incorporate this idea we just want to play with that like yeah. because like if 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 they let's say like for example to defeat them they've embedded a piece of themselves into all of us right in some way into our whole git repository that mm. would create a complication right but i wonder what is it that they actually want you know so you're suggesting that the aliens are the ones who are doing this so they're like unkillable essentially right yeah it would make a really good villain yeah, yeah. that would well i that's the thing is that I never really saw the aliens as villainous. They, I, I just saw them as like a consciousness so beyond what we're able to comprehend that it's like, yeah, they're just doing this. You know, we're kind of we're kind of just in the crossfire, like we're in the way of like a, of a tide that's changing. You know, like we have no way of actually interacting with this alien consciousness. 
That's fair. Although I feel like from our perspective, we wouldn't appreciate them rearranging our landscapes. <laughs> oh, no. But I mean, right. like, I think that's I think that's the thing is that to make humans have just been so used to being apex predators for so long that mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to have us put in our place in a way. I think that is like how humanity deals with that is a more interesting story to me than one of we're the scrappy rebels trying to fight and we're going to win, you know, because I feel like that trope is fairly played out at this point. You know, I, mm-hmm. I like the idea that we're it, it is uh, resistance in the face of the inevitable. So is that the mood we're going for? Um, because like I wasn't sure. So like I could see that working. Um, but I also think we've put the seeds for like hackers trying to hack their way back at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I think that's part of what's laid in there too. I am, I am open to multitudes. Let me just put it this way. I am gaping for your ideas, Daniel. (laughs) So, I mean, there's another way to spin it, you know, villainous in the sense of them being like Cthuloid, you know, like, I mean, that's kind of played out too, but the unknowable can also be horrifying. You know, so that could yeah. be the fact that we're trying to come to terms with that. And I think we established that humans have found a way to interface with their magic in a sense. So mm-hmm. right. there's a, there's a right. chance at rebellion there. Did we establish if that was unique to humans or did we or no. no, I thought we no, I thought we said that like the previous races and the previous like test subjects, so to speak, are also like guides in how to yeah. use magic. Right. Yeah. Because they've experienced it before and they right, kind of figured right. it out and are sort of they're better at it than we are at this point right right, right we're right. only dealing with earth though right so they're not part of the story or they, they come are, through through the portals. because they came through the portals yeah. remember oh from other alien civilizations right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Re- remember because they've they basically ruined their planet each time and so they're like all right we're gonna save our favorites and bring them to this new mm-hmm. one right but what i mean is like the places they come from are not part of the narrative it's more like it is they're yeah. remnants it's somewhat they've they've also brought over like landscape features and right. interestingly the, that they, the like, warped landscapes that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about this episode are just remnants from those old worlds it's like finding your favorite place and then you're like oh i don't want i don't want to lose that when we move to this new area so they just copy pasted it but I guess what I'm asking is the scope of the narrative is limited to the earth, even though yes. they they we've got things from elsewhere in the past popping. Yeah, yes. that's okay. Oh, that's yes. what I mean. Yes. Like there's okay. not like other yeah. alien worlds that we're dealing with in the story. Correct. Other than yes. the fact okay. that they're part of the Git repository fragmented. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah, understand yeah. what you're saying now. Yeah. So sorry, that's why I'm asking because it's like if that's the case, the central focus is humans interfacing with the technology. And learning right. these things that other races have done that in the past and the aliens have gone to other worlds. Correct. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we view them as villains, right? Because of what they're doing yeah. to us. But the more we understand, once we understand what this testing is about, our views could change. That could be interesting. That, yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. actually, that is more interesting to me for sure. But before we get into that question, you have to reconcile the twist, Daniel, how did you add undead into our world? Um, I didn't think of it as too big of a thing. I was just thinking back to old um, hard drives when you used to have to defrag them. And it would take oh, a long time funny. to look for like corrupted fragments. So I think it aligns with what you guys were talking about with like kind of these trapped personalities, resurrectable in the Git repository. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like you have like undefragged viral components of the 
repository that can come back, you know? So it was just basically what you guys are saying, like resurrected <laughs> in a sense, you know, okay. like there's something wrong with them. Um, that's just basically just I thought. So it's like perhaps whatever the protagonists are doing, exploring probably other branches or the weird landscapes or whatever, they encounter like these undefragged personalities, which could be the wrongly resurrected people that we were talking mm. about. Mm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, let's I, I want to dive into that a little bit more. Like maybe there's something that we can kind of find that's a little bit more interesting if we get a little bit more technical. So uh, with your background, Daniel, you can probably explain to me better than like a defragged element or something like that. Like what exactly is that? Like it's <laughs> I'm not a, a hardware software person, but my understanding is like in, you used to have a drive and the old drives, not the new ones, because you don't want to actually defrag them. But the old ones like would have sectors of them, like of the data that kind of gets jumbled up and you have to run this process to like clean it all up mm. every now and then. Um, and it just like keeps the hard drive healthy. Um, mm-hmm. We don't do that anymore, but you, you used to have to do that and it would take like hours. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. So you've already, you've already sparked an imagine like <laughs> an idea for me. What if, because when you said jumbled up, right? Uh, what if some of these people, their, their, their memories or where they are in their memories are like so defragmented that um. maybe they're living they're a 12 year old brain, but in a 25 year old body or, mm. or vice mm. versa, right? Where it's like, oh, well, we rebooted you to when you were 12, but you're also a 40 year old man, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. So having like that weird, like, uh, well, we only have your backup brain from this date, but your body is like older. you like, there's a desync when it comes to like the meat and the brain part. Ooh, that would be super disorienting. Right. To come back to like if you have the mind of a 15 year old and suddenly you're in like a 45 year old's body, like how do you mm-hmm. come to terms with that even? Yeah, I think I think that that's kind of an interesting way that we can approach it. And uh, frankly, that's there's some body horror going on yeah. hardcore when it comes to that stuff. Of course, there's also like, oh, I'm like a horrible serial killer murderer. And then like everyone's going to trust a child. You know, so it's <laughs> it's much easier for me to do my work, although I am weaker because I am a literal child. But there's that mm-hmm. trust element. There's also like, oh, I was rebooted to before the accident. So I have my limb back or something like that or before this happened. Um, I could also see people being mixed together. Oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah, well, uh. Now we're getting into the real gross stuff. Actually, you know what? No, that that mixes well with my kind of possession angle, you know, like where you'll have bits and pieces where you're not, it's a mystery, right? Where is this person just jumbled up or is this mm-hmm. person like being possessed by another part of, you know, the machinery or something like that. So mm-hmm. there's, there, there are like interconnected links here that work from a narrative perspective, I think. Yeah. Um, I feel like the jumbling would be probably more common in like more disastrous events. Like if, if a lot of people died at once and then were rebooted, it's more likely that that information is going to get screwed up in some way oh, in the yeah. process. C- can you also imagine if you're haunted? So let's say that your consciousness gets rebooted to when you were 12 and then mm-hmm. you pick up a new item and it's you from like 20 years in the future. 
or something like that, where you're like now competing with your own consciousness, but it's a, it's like two different that that to me is like mm, a yeah. kind of a mind fuck, and it's something that I think is really interesting that we can kind of talk about. Uh, yeah, because then you could get like alpha and beta branches of people, like oh yeah, these different iterations of the same person running around, and like what kind of person you may have been at twenty could be vastly different than even twenty five, oh, thirty, man. like imagine watching the same life over and over again oh, and God. watching it like, you know, like there's that. Uh, yeah. There, there's a lot you can do with that. There's a lot of really mm-hmm. interesting stuff that you can watch them at. Like you'll see like the recursions of like, look, they make the same bad mistake over and over again, you know, or like, Oh, this is mm-hmm. the one time that they actually got it right. You know, or, or they, they keep being attracted to these certain people like that. That to me is also really interesting. It allows for, that kind of infinite universe exploration, but within the same setting and within the same world. Like that to me is, is quite interesting. I think Mm. there's like big time Westworld vibes, especially in the later seasons with that sort of thing. I was going to say, I didn't watch it after season one because I heard that season two onward is a fucking hot garbage fire. That, that is fairly accurate. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I could never get into that show. I can try, I can try watching more, but I watched a few episodes. I was like, meh. Yeah. It's so even in the first season, like it was Mm. definitely better than, but I still felt like it was trying too hard to be like deep and philosophical. Like let's Uh just throw out these deep quotes. So we seem like we're intelligent, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And I was like, I I just felt like it's, we've seen these sci-fi concepts. So you don't have to try hard. Like just do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I wish they had just kind of gone low key with it, but they just, each season, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I definitely thought that that was the whole purpose of Anthony Hopkins's character. He's like, I'm here to lend gravitas <laughs> and like credibility to this slightly garbage fire thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent here, but uh, I like what we've got established here. I think that we've definitely reconciled the twist and then some. Undead, you know, not just for zombies anymore. So mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say we can transition over into our faction, which this week is not a faction at all. Um, instead, we're going to be talking about instances and or zones uh, where we kind of get to explore the weird types of terrain and whatnot. So let's see. I had Courtney start us off last time. Daniel, where did you want to go? What kind of weird weird zones and instances and terrains did you want to explore this time um the area i was interested in was more of like the core of arts so i guess let me take a step back and ask a question first because i feel like (laughs) i don't have a fully a great grasp of how this all is interconnecting just yet um at least thematically so you know, we've got Earth, we've got these aliens that are rearranging the world and they, they're keeping track of this in their in their record. Are these, is, are they creating zones that are completely separated from each other? Or is it like the world is as it is, but certain sections of it are getting reconfigured or messed with? So the way that I've approached this is that um, the, I, I'm going to say that the terrain or, or the general like tectonic plates of the situation are essentially the same, but the aliens remember have like picked up and jumbled up their favorite parts of cities and natural terrain Mm -hmm. to like make sense to them. And then the rest of it is just like whatever you want, you know? 
Does, does that make sense? Okay, so so it's really like the surface of the world. They're kind of rearranging both the the physical stuff and the people themselves, and then they understand that like minds are phys- a physical thing that can be stored in a similar way but separately. Is kind of what we decided so far. I think that's yeah. I think that's an mm-hmm. accurate description. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I was thinking of is a central place. So like maybe maybe it was like the capital of the world at one point. I don't know DC or New York or something. Um, but it's been radically changed, but it's considered like the place where contact possibly with the aliens directly as possible mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it's the, it's the contact point. Um, but it's also the most erratic spot because it has no, like it's constantly being changed and the changes ripple out from it. But what I was, what I, I don't really care so much about what's in it, which I know violates the whole concept, <laughs> but what I am interested in is God the people, it, the people who, right? <laughs> The people who try to get in there. So in a way, I guess this is a faction. I'm sorry. But I, I was thinking of speedrunners, like from video games, who, um, you know, like I think it's it's, it's interesting because they just spend their time <laughs> trying to get through something as fast as possible, but uh-huh. through the weirdest like, glitches and ways possible. And I think because this particular spot, and I leave open to whatever we want to do with it, is so glitchy and so full of change. It's constantly physically shifting. It's like mm-hmm. physically unnavigable that speedrunners love it because it's their it's it's the greatest challenge and mm-hmm. the prize at the center of it is interfacing with whatever is behind all this directly. Mm. That's super cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I I agree. I think that's a really fascinating concept. Daniel, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Did you forget that we were doing zones instead of factions this week? No, because I saw it in the calendar <laughs> invite. But when I was thinking about like the zone, I was thinking about Mirror's Edge, the video game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where you like can kind of what do you call it? Um, what's the word? Parkour. For when you parkour through stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a, an image in my mind of a zone, but I'm like, I don't really care what's in it. All I care about <laughs> really is navigating it. So mm-hmm. to me, all that matters is that it's this like impossible space, you know, like I, what's the what is the, that artist who? Asher. Yeah, sure. Yes, like an MC Escher city mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, now that we've made it physical and real, that is way more interesting. Like a mm-hmm. literal Escher city is very cool. Right. With stuff shifting around all over the place too. Or like, like literal melting clocks if we want to bring in Dali and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, yeah. like, and obviously this is where like what Daniel would consider speedrunners, where they're finding exploits to help navigate mm-hmm. and yeah. literally go outside of bounds to, to like try and get to <laughs> yeah. where they need to go. You know, like that's exactly. Yeah, no, that that absolutely works thematically. I think that's very appropriate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it would be something that you would have to like do over and over and over again to figure out mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. there are so many things there that could just kill you. Like if you step in the wrong spot and then yep. like that spot shifts into another object, then you're you're yeah. dead. That's exactly what I imagined where it's yeah. like, you know, they, they they can't plan it out. They just have to hone their reaction abilities. And mm-hmm. maybe there are patterns, but they're chaotic patterns. You know, like mm-hmm. going yeah. back to like the AI stuff, or the AI art stuff we were talking about in the other episode. Like it's possible to save like a, a seed of chaos. Like maybe they understand there's certain seeds of chaos that behave in certain, certain ways, mm-hmm. but they're always unpredictable, you know. Right. They can look for like the signs of something that's about to happen, but they won't know exactly what it is, but they can kind of like get a sense. Oh, my God. I just thought of the dumbest thing where it's like, oh, look, a flock of geese. That means you need to duck. And it's like, you know, (laughs) like something like 
it's like, wait, why does it mean duck? And it's be, it, like, do you just think about it wrong for just a split second too long and mm-hmm. you fucking die, you know, mm-hmm. like something like that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fun. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Courtney, mm-hmm. tell us about your terrain. Tell us about your instance, your impossible space, if you will. All right. Uh, so continuing on with the, the Westworld theme. Ah, um, yes. I'm thinking about a wild west slash indiana jones style zone where the ai mm. has sampled from various like grasslands and deserts and has dropped in landmarks like um the grand canyon maybe some ancient temples and of course the similar features from the previous planets they've like used essentially in particular maybe some floating mountains to give it a nice alien vibe and Ugh, always with the floating <laughs> always mountains. you gotta always um and like the more that i thought about it the more I wanted the landscape itself to be a ton of canyons mashed together into this mm. like labyrinthine area that people have to explore. And in terms of like a, a game that humans and other entities could play inside, there's a lot of opportunity for archaeological exploration and treasure hunting. Um, and then also for people to hunt down the archaeologists and treasure hunters to get their loot and whatever else of they course. might have. Of course. Yep. Okay. So I'm imagining when you bring up Indiana Jones, I'm imagining like that scene with Petra where it's like they're winding through these canyons and then the Petra is right there. Is mm-hmm. that kind of what you have in mind? Yeah, kind of to that. that sense. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen that, but similar to that. And like, what's that national park with the not Grand Canyon National Park, but the other one with interesting canyon formations? And Are you talking about Bryce Canyon? It might be. Are you talking about the one with all the hoodoos? Because Bryce Canyon has a bunch of hoodoos. Maybe. Uh, well, either way, like whatever it is, it just like even more narrow caverns that people have to explore. And like mm. those are probably also shifting as the AI adjusts things and reloads. So it okay. becomes this enormous maze. So I have to I have to admit, like your both of your approaches are far more kinetic than I was expecting. Mm. Like when when I'm thinking of like an area I'm thinking of something that is fairly static and like, like that is demonstrably not moving or not being fucked with actively. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that we have this kind of difference of approach here, you know? I mean, there's space for both, right? Like I'm sure I agree. Yeah. You can imagine a zone where really only minds get shifted around, you know, and the Mm -hmm. physical part of it doesn't shift, which Mm -hmm. would be part of one of their tests. I, I do like the gamified aspect of, um, Courtney's though. Yeah. Well, that's basically what we were or how we were approaching it last time mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, cuz my tenant had to do with like gaming. Game kind right, of specifically, stuff, yeah. yeah, with the isekais and stuff. Does that mean like kids are the only ones who ones who are good at video games, like they're actually our salvation in this thing? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, that actually reminds me. Uh, we had one of our patrons in our Discord chat mention this idea that I thought was really cool. And I think is directly applicable to kind of Courtney's uh, canyons and whatnot, but this is from Commissar Whiskers, uh, big old hearts to Commissar Whiskers, longtime patron. They said dungeons follow quantum rules. They exist as many possibilities until observed. They don't change while observed, but will change the moment they aren't. Um, 
Yeah. So like that works with Daniel's Escher city as well as it does Courtney's kind of like um, Canyon lands yeah. as well. Like both of those work, I think, remarkably well with what Commissar Whiskers is suggesting here. Yeah, agreed. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, oh, yeah. Because that is an awesome idea. Like just the the idea of like walking through these canyons and like you turn your back and then turn again and suddenly like there's a fork in the path where there wasn't before. Like how yeah. do you how do you navigate that? It's an excellent way of dealing with like impossible space. And mm-hmm. I think that's definitely one way that we can approach it for sure. Like that's very interesting. Yeah. 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 It also um, lends itself to our new agey view, materialist view in the setting that mines are something special, but they're material. And mm-hmm. that um, I assume this principle that he's talking about would on- only applies to observation from mines, right? So mm-hmm. if, you know, like in science, technically an observation could be any measurement. So in this case, we're saying it's mines have to be the trigger rather than any mm-hmm. measurement or interaction. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of the Futurama joke, like, hey, no fair, you changed the outcome by studying it or something like that. Do you know the one I'm talking exactly. about? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like the AI themselves, because they're not really an organic mind, like they they see the endless possibilities, but when our human brain looks at it, we have to have like one thing to stick onto. Right. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way to do it for sure. Uh, and, and mine is like, like I said, very different compared to y'all. Uh, I did not, I had like a far more static, although now that I think about it, I think that I can adapt it to this kind of concept that we're working with here. I was more interested in talking or, or exploring the concept of like weird alien landscape or like impossible space in some way. Um, not impossible space, but pretty close to it. So I'm imagining like, imagine a, a massive chasm that looks like a sink or a sinkhole. And uh, instead of the trees growing, uh, you know, uh, vertically as, as trees are wont to do by, you know, obeying the laws of physics and whatnot, I imagine that the, the walls of all of this massive chasm slash sinkhole all have in, have an entire forest that is just horizontal. So, mm-hmm you're going to have trees that are growing out of the sides of mountains that are completely horizontal. And so it looks like there's something wrong with the gravity there, but when you like try and uh, navigate it, your gravity is still normal. It's just that the Uh trees have grown directly out of the sides of these chasms. So what I'm really interested in with this is that it's like exploring, like getting to the bottom of this chasm is really interesting because one, I'm trying to evoke like the fairy tale deep dark forest, right? Because as you get further below, you know, the there's the, the canopy is going to block more and more of the light. Uh, two, it's just an inherently dangerous thing to explore because mm-hmm. it's not like you you can't walk on the sides of the walls. You have to like navigate the the trees themselves uh, as like your only methods and means of like solid ground essentially. Right. Uh, and then of course, once you start inhabiting it with like all sorts of weird fucked up goblin creatures and stuff like that, or whatever the fuck is down there, right. We, we can really make it kind of, uh, whatever we want that adds a whole new dimension. And obviously the draw is there's obviously something at the bottom of this thing Mm -hmm. that is drawing all of this attention, drawing all of this interest. 
And maybe it's like the best, you know, like uh, magic implant that you can get. Maybe it is the direct core that Daniel's been looking for this whole time. But like it is the mythical thing at the bottom of this deep, dark well of a forest. I really like that. It makes me think that there's maybe um, an alien down there, a physical one. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Yeah. I mean, remember that we were not a anti-alien here necessarily. They, it could just be like, and, and then of course, right. A fallen alien. What I'm also kind of interested in is getting down might not be the hardest part. Getting back up might be the hardest part, you know? Yeah. My, yeah. My take on it was that, this was like a completed area by the AI and that's why it's not refreshing anymore. Like they consider it done and complete and perfect oh. in whatever form it's Ooh. taken now. Yeah. Um, and if, if it's a deep dark forest in the fairy tale sense, is there also a big bad wolf? That's like a firewall essentially. That's oh yeah, working to keep people out. I like that. From, like away from whatever treasure is at the bottom. Mm hmm. I, I actually really, really love that because now I'm thinking in terms of strata. So like maybe just the first couple miles down, it, this thing is like actual forest. And then as you get cl closer to the bottom, it starts becoming more alien trees and more mm -hmm. alien and more abstract in what you would consider a tree and what you would consider like, you know, foliage and creatures and stuff like that. So maybe the further down you go, the more alien it becomes and more AI driven it becomes. Mm -hmm. This makes me think that perhaps um, if this is a completed zone and it's protected by them, um, it makes me wonder perhaps if, if there's maybe an alien down there. Like, what if they're what if they're creating these physical zones to give themselves places to live, like to be embodied? Um, because we're suggesting that they're not embodied normally. Maybe yeah, and the, oh, but maybe they want to be because mm -hmm. maybe like getting that sort of body is the only way they'll experience true consciousness uh -huh. or, or true, like a change. Like, cause we were saying, yeah. we we're suggesting that their observation doesn't affect, um, this doesn't cause the waveform to collapse basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And because maybe because they exist in the state of superposition, right. That's why they're disembodied, but that also prevents them from having experiences. So maybe uh -huh. by being embodied, they're able to have experiences, but they don't really understand what they need to be embodied. So that's why they perform these tests. Yeah. It, it sounds like these AI alien things are GMs and the only way they get to play the game is by playing <laughs> yep. the monster. That would like, be a great way for the, for the protagonist to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's basically uh, what mm -hmm. I'm hearing from you when you say this. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's, that's still really fun though. I love that. Yeah. Very. Okay. Well, with with our zones out of the way, we now have to talk about the main quest line. And instead of, in, I guess this is going to be an adventure that hops from place to place because we have three zones to go through rather than uh, three mm -hmm. factions to incorporate, which means that we have an entirely different story type to tell here. What's our main quest line? I think obviously it ends at Daniel's, oh, wait, wait, subversion. It doesn't end at Daniel's like, key gateway city because that's a smoke screen we can have it so the forest that we made just yeah. now is actually mm -hmm. the the direct input that you find that you actually need or something like that yeah. i like that inversion because you can start like very matrix um what is it media res where they're like infiltrating the um the core and they think they're mm -hmm. going to find the answers there yeah but they realize maybe they find out that there is a quote-unquote oracle in the forest 
that has the answers and something goes dramatically wrong in their run. And in order to get to the forest, they have to go through the, the canyon Indiana Jones kind of mm-hmm. adventure. That's not yeah. a bad idea either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, the forest is at the center of the maze. Ooh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a giant toothy maw, but instead yeah. of teeth, it's trees. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. I really, really love that. Okay. What's, I mean, so, so th- this is like bang done fucking over with, right? <laughs> because it's like, we talked about, we talked about this idea that like, this is a group of hackers who are tech and magic and all that other stuff. And they're looking for a way to interact with this alien thing. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what's the end of this story? They obviously get to the bottom of this. Well, Jack into the matrix. And then like, it just like cuts to black as like the person's eyes open type thing. Like, what are we <laughs> thinking here? I'm getting a couple of vibes. Um, you know, obviously there's matrix vibes. There's also to me, for some reason I'm reminded of what dreams may come. Mm-hmm. Um, with the descent and it's the such revelation, a great movie, by the way, like oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I'm, I'm reminded of that because part of it is realizing something you didn't understand before, and yeah. so it makes me wonder if, like, you know, they view the aliens as destroying their world, hacking the core as part of like trying to stop that and figuring that out, and then they have to come to terms with understanding what they're actually trying to do, mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. by getting to the forest to the embodied aliens, they can actually speak to them. And in speaking to them, come to some sort of actual resolution. Mm. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I obviously want to keep that part completely vague and like unexplored because I think that that is such an interesting, like explorator, like that's like such an interesting mystery that I think that by putting anything to it, it kind of ruins it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though I did just have this idea of like kind of subverting it overall where the, the only reason that the aliens have been planet hopping for so long is because they've never been, they've never had a complete chance to create their bodies. They're always like interrupted in the process. So, and that's kind of what these humans are doing now. So it's almost like the best thing to do do would just be to let it happen so that this cycle can end. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. And then I can't help but think that Daniel's Escher city is like where this is happening. Like all that movement has the human spooked and they're like, Oh, we've got to stop this. It's obviously mm-hmm. the end of the world, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. That, that absolutely makes sense. That's a great yeah. idea, Courtney. Yeah. So like on previous planets, the, the sort of native entities would just like stop them. Yeah. Try to fight back violently mm-hmm. against the aliens, try to like destroy the stuff that they were building their core and like the, mm-hmm whatever ends up at the bottom of the hole. But here, if they're just given a chance to like complete their work, Mm. then it would be okay. Yeah. That gives me very much animatrix vibes. Like, Mm. like the the different, the different kind of ways that the animatrix episodes that gave us revelations, Mm -hmm. like it makes me think in Mm -hmm. those terms, which is kind of cool. Yeah, man. The animatrix just like made me hate the humans like that. We deserve that. (laughs) shit. We really deserve that. It was really sad. It really was. It's like the robots were like, please, we just want to exist. Yeah. No, fuck you. Where's my Amazon packages? (laughs) It's like we are conscious beings that we just want to coexist. And they're like, no, fuck that. Nuke the sun. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
I feel like we've we've done pretty well here with our main storyline. I think mm-hmm. that is that it? Are we good? Do we have any other questions or anything else that we want to explore before we wrap up? No, to um to build off more of like what we were just talking about, like maybe the some of the conflict there could be with other humans, like the protagonist group is trying to allow the AI to complete their their test essentially. Mm. Um, but the antagonist human group just wants to nuke them all, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. That way it's it there's a subversion of the mm-hmm. aliens being villainous. It's yeah. a human versus human conflict. Yeah, that's interesting. I can definitely fuck with that. And that could also be why like the antagonist faction is is trying to like hoard all this magic power with the implants too, because they want mm-hmm. to be powerful enough to just be able to like point at the aliens and make them implode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down with that. Hundred percent. I mean, you can you can definitely um place these factions as characters in the party that's traveling mm-hmm. um so yeah. that there's conflict within their group um of these hackers like maybe some of them believe that these aliens are enemies some of them believe they have some kind of divine revelation to be had and you have all these character mm-hmm. conflicts that way like, in the party mm. all right i i think we've nailed it i think we're good here i think so <laughs> With that being said, I just want to shout out and give a huge thank you to our new patron, Alex, for this prompt. And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. Of course, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at Twitter, at Let's World Build. Uh, Discord, that's the thing. Also, go ahead and give us money on Patreon if you want. No biggie if you can't. Uh, remember that we love you very much. This is going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. And uh, we're going to get through this together. Until next week.